Welcome to the Governance Voice Podcast, your source for news, trends, and challenges in the world of corporate governance. GBC is a member organization that promotes and supports the role of the governance professional and corporate secretaries across Canada. We provide valuable information on changes and developments that affect our industry. Each month, we dedicate a podcast episode to a key relevant topic. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Governance Professionals of Canada is providing this podcast as a public service and an informative resource on issues in governance. Our content is not intended as a legal representation nor a formal statement of GPC's policy, opinion, or recommendations. Any reference to specific products, services, or entities does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by GPC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of their views or of any entity they represent. GPC does not take responsibility for content produced outside of our organization. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our organization at info at gpcanada.org. That's info at gpcanada.org. We're back for another episode of The Governance Voice. Each month, we explore relevant and important governance topics. With each broadcast, we hope to equip you and other governance professionals to support guide, and influence their boards and organizations. Today, we'll be speaking with Sylvia Groves, the president of Governance Studio. Sylvia Groves created Governance Studio from her award-winning work with one of Canada's foremost governance leaders. Her no-nonsense practical advice has helped thousands of governance professionals, corporate secretaries, and directors enhance the effectiveness of their boards and their organizations. Sylvia is a judge of the Excellence in Governance Awards, an accredited director and fellow of the Chartered Governance Institute of Canada. She is also a recipient of GPC's Joyce Borden-Reed Distinguished Contribution Award from GPC and is one of the founding faculty of the GPC.D designation program. Sylvia is the author of Triple A Plus Minutes, the three must-do fundamentals and hundreds of practice tips for writing minutes that protect your organization and its directors to talk about minutes. Sylvia, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you're very passionate about minutes um, and I know that our listeners are very eager to learn so much more about board meeting minutes. Um, I'm so happy that you're with us today. So let's just get started. How are you doing? I am doing great. I have my, my Bay coffee cup mug, nice and Canadian for the day and I'm, really enjoying this time of year where it's light in the morning when I wake up and it's light after work hours are over. So yeah, spring is coming and it's uh, great. Awesome. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to it too. So let's get right into it, Sylvia. Now you, and even when we were prepping for this, you referred to yourself as a governance nerd (laughs) and you wrote a book about board meeting minutes. What inspired you to write a book about writing board meeting minutes? (laughs) Well, you couldn't pick a more bizarre subject, I don't think, but I remember when I started out as a governance professional, there was just nothing around of any kind to help me understand what minutes should contain, how to write them, how to do it. And I think within my first 
six months in the company that I was with for like 20 years, I was having to write minutes of shareholder meetings for a company that had like 25 corporate shareholders, these big companies. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just remembered how stressful that felt and how difficult it felt. And over the years, as I learned to write minutes, I thought, you know what, there's a lot of things that they're almost a bit of a formula that you can just apply to each situation and work your way through it. Okay. So I, I thought, you know what, putting this down on paper is going to help somebody. I, I started doing some of the, the sessions with GPC many years ago. And, and then I thought, you know what, we, we need more than just a session where we talk about it. Sometimes people just need to be able to pull a book off their shelf and flip through the pages and, oh, yeah, you know, how, how could I possibly do this? Okay, there's a way to do it. So um, that was really, really why I decided to, to write the book because being a governance professional and being a corporate secretary is hard enough already. Right. So I can right. do something that would make it a little bit easier. Uh, practical. Practical. That's exactly yes. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of people will tell you, you know, you have to do this or, or uh, you know, there, there's some really good reasons why you should do this, but they don't tell you exactly how to do it. And so that's really what I was trying to get to. Okay. All right. That's good. Okay. It's a good start. So what, um, tell me why are for, for the new governance professional or if it's someone new to this role, why is minutes so important? Like, can you, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as governance professionals, we, we tend to know that minutes are important for uh, the corporate record and the organization. And we know the minute book is an important thing. And it's that part of it sort of goes without saying. But what we don't always understand is how important they are when it comes down to a court decision that's got something to do with your organization or a decision that your directors made. And the directors have a number of duties, a, a couple of which are really important when it comes to minutes. So the first is this fiduciary duty, which is to act in the best interest of the organization. And the second one they call a duty of care, which is to act in the way a reasonably prudent person would when they're making decisions for the organization. And so that really means that minutes need to show that the directors did both of those things when they made a decision for the organization so that they were acting in the best interests and they did something that was reasonable and they call that due diligence. So were the directors duly diligent when they made that decision? And the example I often give is if the CFO comes running into the board meeting with financial statements written on the back of a cocktail napkin, should the board approve it? Well, no, obviously that's not a reasonable, something a reasonable person would do, right? And right. So kind of a at, least, or at least we would hope not. <laughs> well, exactly. I, I would hope not. I'm sure somewhere it has happened somewhere along the way. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the kind of example. And so we, we know that the minute book is important, but we don't necessarily know, especially when we're new to the role, that there's a really big component about mm -hmm. making sure that due diligence of the directors has been shown. 
Okay, all right. Now, what stood out to me in that answer, and you, you mentioned it, um, the courts, someone new, yeah. and, and, and even someone seasoned, they may not even be familiar with that. How do the courts look at minutes and why would they? Yeah, so um, if for some reason there's litigation with a company, which happens all the time, there can be, uh, you know, a lawsuit about a project that didn't go well, or, you know, there's a number of reasons that there can be litigation. Um, minutes are really interesting. Most of the time, people go into a court and they have to prove something, right? They have to provide all kinds of different evidence to prove something. Minutes yeah. are almost the opposite. Minutes, if you take a set of minutes in, the court automatically believes that they are absolutely true and that everything that you say in the minutes is absolutely true unless somebody else, the litigator on the other side, can prove that they're not true. And so okay. minutes are a really, really strong defense because the court looks at them um, on the face of them as though they are true. And it's up to the other side then to prove that they're not true, uh, to prove that they're false. Okay, but why, why would someone want to prove that their minutes are false? Well, I can, I can give you an example, I guess, is, is the best way of doing it. Um, say there's a decision in the minutes and for whatever reason that decision is integral to this litigation that's ongoing so maybe shareholders are suing because they think the directors made a bad decision and the company lost a lot of money and they lost a lot of money uh, because of their investments and so the litigator is going to go in there and he knows that the minutes you know said that the board reviewed this matter and they saw a presentation uh, from management, and they had a whole bunch of backup materials, and then they did a bunch of discussion and passed a resolution. So all of those things are pieces that show the board was kind of undertaking the right process and doing their due diligence. Well, one of the strategies that a litigator is going to look at is let's discredit that these minutes are in fact valid. And what they do is they bring a corporate secretary or the recording secretary for the minutes onto the stand, you're under oath, and right. they ask questions like, have you ever put something in the minutes that didn't really happen? And you're under oath. And I know from okay. talking to a lot of my colleagues and, and even wishing I could do this myself is sometimes directors will be in a meeting and they'll be going through the process and they will forget, the chair will forget to ask for the resolution and, and properly pass it. And mm -hmm. so there was no resolution, but you're under oath. Well, there was this yeah. one time, <laughs> yeah. it didn't really matter because it wasn't anything big. And that's, right. you know, you're answering honestly. And the litigator goes, well, you know, if you're gonna lie about little things, what yeah. us think that you're not going to lie about something really important like maybe the directors didn't discuss this decision at all maybe they didn't take into account the shareholders at all maybe they just simply did something because they thought it would line their own pockets right so right. it can be really really terrible to have to go through that process and it's not just around litigation there can be a lot of other things that 
go on where you really want your minutes to be of a consistent quality. Um, you may have audits from the government, depending on uh, what kind of organization, if you're a crown organization, often the auditor general is in looking through your minutes and, and critiquing the issues and problems uh, with it. Uh, certainly the tax authorities have the ability to look at your minutes. So it's really, really important um, that they be accurate and, and they, they properly reflect what really happened. Okay, all right. So I'm, I'm assuming it, so it sounds like it, accuracy is a really big deal when it comes yeah. to taking minutes for both the organization and directors. And what about the other two A's? So accuracy is one of the yeah. A's. Clearly Absolutely, the, tri the, tri <laughs> the triple A plus minute. So yeah, yeah, what about yeah. what about the other A's? You got that exactly right. Yeah, so the first one is accuracy because without accuracy, everything goes downhill right, really, really right. quickly. Um, of the other two, so the, the, the first of the other two is what I call accessibility. And that's really about keeping minutes uh, reasonable length and size and keeping them in plain English. So again, a lot of what happens in minute writing is people basically learn to write minutes however they were written for their organization before because they don't know that there are any rules to apply or ways to manage different situations. They just do what the organization has always done. And right. sometimes that can be really detrimental um, to the organization itself. But this idea of a plain language is really focusing on the words that get used. Um, at the end of the day, it's really about making sure the directors are gonna read the minutes mm -hmm. because you want them to read them and, and let you know if there's any inaccuracies along the way. So right. if your minutes are 20 pages long, set out everyone's discussions almost verbatim, he said, she said, are filled with TLAs, which right. for those of you who don't know, you know right away, the three letter acronyms, right? And legalese, then your directors are not gonna wanna read them and they're not going to, um, they're not going to make sure that they're being duly diligent about reading right. and commenting if there's problems. Right. Um, so I use a whole bunch of general rules of thumb and they're, they're all set out in the book, but I can give you some examples is, you know, Keep your sentences short, right? We have a tendency in legal language to do these run-on sentences that are sometimes like half a page long. So mm -hmm. keep them short. You know, for minutes, if you can get to about 20 or 30 words in a sentence, that's pretty good. That's a that's a pretty decent sentence. Right. Um, each sentence you can just share one idea or three pieces of data. So I like to give the example, you know, of a CFO reviewing financial statements. And she notes that earnings per share were up 10% over last year. Revenues were at $3 million, a 20% increase over 2020, right? Not too many pieces. A lot of people will go on and they'll add seven other items in that yeah. same sentence, make a new sentence. They want to get everything in there. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And then I also like to make sure that the paragraphs are pretty short on the page, even if it could technically be one long paragraph, I'll find a place to break it, because it's just 
a lot less intimidating to look at a document that's got a whole bunch of small paragraphs as opposed to one big long paragraph. And so the directors, again, are more likely to actually read it as opposed to just maybe skimming through it um, okay. and not picking up on things that they need to pick up on. We now interrupt this podcast to let you know that if you ever wanted to expand your knowledge and grow as a governance professional, our Governance Professionals of Canada certification program, the GPC.D, has become the standard for governance professionals in Canada. This unique program was created by governance professionals for governance professionals and equips you with the needed perspective, insights, and concepts to take your organization and board to new governance heights. It is made up of three courses which can each be taken separately. Foundations of Governance, Applied Governance, and Strategic Governance. And together they will set you apart with the only Canadian governance designation. Register now at gpcanada.org forward slash gpc hyphen ep. That's gpcanada.org forward slash gpc hyphen ep. Sharpen your skills today. All right. Okay. So we have accuracy. Yep. We have accessibility. What and about that third A? Yeah. <laughs> Don't keep this in suspense here. Let's you get into it. <laughs> you got it. So the third A, I call all the same. And I had to go with all the same because I wanted the three A's because that's more fun. Um, but really, it's, it's a little bit more about consistency. It's not that they're all the same. They're all identical. But in minutes, you really want to strive for consistency. Um, mm -hmm. And that makes it easy for you to deal with minutes. It makes it easy for your directors to find information. Uh, it makes it easy for the person who will take over your role when you retire. They'll get tapped on the shoulder and told that they're now corporate secretary. Make it easy for them as well. So it's things about um, you know, the, the format of the minutes, uh, how you set out resolutions. Do you indent them and put the first word in bold and all caps so that they kind of pop off the page and they're really easy to see and find. So really that all the same is, is about a lot of the formatting and then just dealing with other things in a consistent manner. I, I often tell the story of two companies uh, that my former company had, uh, they were in the Caribbean and mm -hmm. one was, I'll say named ABC company and one was DEF company. <laughs> Well, yeah, those are good the, names. <laughs> I, very strange. In the course of a couple of months, and I don't know why the government allowed this, but they did, DEF company changed its name to ABC company, and ABC company changed its name to DEF company. So first off, that's going to be really confusing for anybody. Right. Both of those companies had a director named James Brown. It okay. wasn't the same James Brown. There were two right. James Browns. And so which James Brown was on which company with which name at which right. time? Right, yeah, 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 really yeah. It's important okay. to, to kind of make sure that you're identifying people well as an example. So maybe you, you always use their first name and their middle initial if they have a middle initial and their last name. Or maybe you use the name they go by and an initial and their last name. So we had a gentleman named Jay Angus McKee. Well, he went by Angus, so we gave him a, an initial 
at the beginning. And then mm -hmm. we had James S. Brown. And so we gave him the middle initial. So just even thinking about these little rules of thumb and weight to be consistent from one set of minutes to another. And it's okay. extra challenging for, uh, there's a lot of organizations out there that have like maybe three or four different people that are taking minutes for the committees versus the board or some of the committees or, and so if everybody isn't on the same page about how minutes are gonna be set out and you know how we're gonna define abbreviations and all those little things, it can mm -hmm. be really hard to follow the minutes that are written by one person when they're completely different than the minutes written by someone else. Another person, okay. Yeah. Right. There's, I, I have like a thousand, how much time do we have? I have a thousand <laughs> questions. And I'm sure those listening, they probably have a lot of questions too. So let's, okay, let's see, let's just keep it going. Um, yeah. What, like you've clearly, you've been, you've been writing minutes for decades what would you say is your biggest challenge in learning how to write minutes? Well, my, I mean, I know there was a lot of challenge right at the beginning, but later on when I, I really grasped the idea of how important the minutes were and, you know, wanted to really improve my format of minutes and, and get a good consistent style and all of that, one of the things I had the hardest time with was making sure that I was providing information in what I would call a neutral voice. So um, not with lots of flowery language because I worked for a large company. And so things like the financial statements, well, they would come to the board, but typically they would come, uh, they might have uh, an attachment of the press release. And of course the press release is gonna have kind of flowery language, things like, oh, the company had an excellent quarter, right. sales were way beyond expectations, mm -hmm. and have all this really kind of excitement language around them. Right. And when you're doing board minutes, you really want to be a lot more neutral than that, because again, it's kind of fodder for litigation. Oh, your organization was up 20% in sales, your first quarter and all in the minutes, it says how excellent this was, but all of your competitors were up 50%. Yeah. How yeah. is that excellent, right? So in hindsight, things can look better or worse than they really were. And by using neutral language, you just kind of take that problem off the table, but you have to really think about exactly how you're going to say things. So instead of saying, you know, it was an excellent quarter, you just say, oh, revenues were up 15% over year, over year, and just be really just the facts, right? And right. So that, that's just, sorry to interrupt, but that's just where I, I, I hear a lot of questions. And even sometimes when, when I know when I started to, to do minutes as well, it's like, what you're, you're in the board meeting or you're in the meetings and you're hearing all this stuff, but what do you write? Like, you don't like, do, do I write everything verbatim? Do I, and then writing everything verbatim is like, you, you really need to know shorthand in order to do that. Um, but like, what, what, what do you write? So I guess that's where it's just keeping where you're saying, just keep to the facts. Don't, don't, not a lot of flowers, just straight, straight to the point. Yeah. 
Well, and, and one of the ways you can kind of deal with that is, is you, you know, write it first, get it on paper, it really helps. And then you can kind of start cleaning it up. But if you're finding there's lots of adjectives in, <laughs> in the information, then you've probably got too flowery of writing. Right. You've got too much going on in there that, that shouldn't necessarily be in there. It's not neutral enough. So things aren't awful or excellent or terrifying or wonderful or bad or good. So taking all of those judgments out of it. But yeah, getting it down on, on paper is is a really good place to start and then you can kind of start thinking back through um, how the words are reflected on the paper okay so is there is there a question that you get asked a lot because again you you've been teaching you've been teaching how to write minutes and you you wrote a book about it so is there a question that you get asked a lot about when it comes to um, there is one question that comes up every everywhere I go that I teach, or if I'm talking about minutes, it's mm. really always about what's the right level of detail, mm -hmm. because that, that's the other piece is you want to keep minutes fairly short. You don't want them, you know, to say, oh, this person asked this question and it got answered this way and back and forth. You don't want all of this verbatim, except in very limited cases. So in some organizations, whether they be a crown or a municipal government, they might have a requirement to have, you know, a transcript. And that's, you know, kind of off the table from what we're talking about. Right. Here. For most organizations, 95% of organizations, you really want to have uh, a balance in the minutes and you want to keep them relatively short. And this goes back again to that idea of uh, protecting the directors in the organization. Um, and for me, the easiest example is that idea of litigation. But there, again, there can be other ways. Um, but if a litigation comes up and you've got all of this, well, this director asked this question and then that question was asked, and you've got this list verbatim of all the questions and answers, that litigator is sitting there just licking his chops or her chops going, right, well, yeah, they didn't ask yeah. this question and they didn't ask that question and they didn't ask mm -hmm. about this and they didn't ask. And so they're going to start tearing people down because, well, you didn't ask this question or that question. So it's really important to work to get the flavor of the discussions. And I, I, it, it takes a while I promise the more people write minutes, the easier it gets, but you really want to be capturing the topics they spoke about as opposed to the specific questions that they were asking. So, you know, a, a board might be getting um, um, the highlights of a project from the CEO and they are referred to the materials already provided because those materials, even though they're not in the minutes, they're part of the corporate record. And they're also going to serve to show that the directors received appropriate information beforehand. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're going to say that, you know, they, the board discussed, you know, did the project fit into current strategy? 
And then they inquired about risk management regarding to environmental factors, maybe. So there, there might have been 10 questions on risk management and environmental factors, like how are we dealing with the water pumps? And what are we going to do if there's a leak in the pipeline? And what, you know, like there might have been a lot, but the general discussion area was risk management for environmental factors. So I tend to, when I'm actually doing minutes myself, is I, I have moved to the computer after all yeah, these years. Yeah, I do tend to write yeah. them on the computer. And I just, I'm typing as I'm listening. And then as soon as I come out of the meeting, I start and go back through those notes. And I'm trying to build after the fact, what were they really talking about? You know, what were the key issues that the board was really honing in on and asking questions about? And instead of saying what all the questions were, I'm going to say they, they, you know, they were discussing these. Yeah, you provided like an overview. Okay. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And that, that can, that goes a long ways to, to really shortening down the content and it better protects directors and the organization than a really long set of minutes that lays out every particular detail detail yeah because as you said earlier that that just can create pages and pages pages yeah. like you're just doing work that's not necessarily going to be read so so why keep it keep well, it simple yeah that's it and maybe you miss something really important Right. But nobody catches it because it's a big, long document. And by the time they get to the eighth page, yeah, they're reading, but they're not necessarily comprehending. Yeah. And yeah. We're yeah. all human, yeah. right? We, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we take in so much of the time. So, yeah. Definitely. Okay. All right. So is there any areas that you or others struggle with regularly when it comes to board meeting or writing board meeting minutes? Yeah, I mean... I have, I, I guess I would call it a pet peeve, mm -hmm. um, but it really bugs me. And we, we all in our careers will do this, is finding errors in a set of minutes after they've been approved. And that just makes me crazy because once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. Right. And right. then we are typically, typically the people who are taking this, not always, but typically we might be appointed as the corporate secretary. So we also have a duty to the organization. Uh -huh. And we also have, you know, we have to act a, as, a, as a person in a position of trust and take reasonable care. And so you can't just ignore the fact that you've seen a typo in the minutes. You have to do something about it. And there can be a real, oh, I, I would call it a desire, I guess, to just go in and fix the Word document and replace the page, right? Right, right. But again, you have to think about if you're ever on the stand being asked, oh, well, you know, did you, did you ever make a correction to minutes without approval or authority uh well just that one time but it was just like it was it said it was supposed to be 92 million it was supposed to be 29 million it was obvious that it was a mistake so yeah that can be really hard to deal with and I I have all these years later come across what what I'm finding to be the most comfortable way of dealing with it so I actually like to 
prepare what they call an erratum, which is basically just a note. I, I tend to do it in the form of a memo, but you know, it, it could literally be on a sticky note even, right. but just a little note saying, you know, there's a typographical error on page three. It says 29 million. It was supposed to say 92 million. Um, this can be seen by the backup documents, which were provided as materials. And so it's just an error. And so you can put that on there or you can put, you could actually change it on the minutes and put a note right on the margin of the minutes. Um, I think there's a temptation there to do that in pencil then. And then is the pencil mark really gonna survive? So right, I, I right. really like the idea of just writing a little note saying, this is what happened. And I'm putting my name to it because I know what happened. Uh, and that way, if anybody ever comes and says, oh, well, you know, there's this obvious error on this page. And it's like, yeah, well, if you look in the minute book, you will see that there's a note to that set of minutes that says that there was this error. So um, for me, I find that the most comfortable way of dealing with it. You can also do things, I mean, depending on how significant it was, if they forgot to pass a resolution, for example. Right. Uh, you can bring it forward at the next meeting. Um, you can do a round robin resolution to fix the the the, the uh, and and pass the resolution, um, uh, or you can bring minutes forward to correct them. But a lot of times, uh, and I think this will happen to anybody who's in the role. You do some historic work, and you're looking for something historic, and that's when you find <laughs> the error in its error, right? <laughs> and those directors aren't around, and the new directors don't want to make a correction to something that they weren't here for. Right. So that's when I go through and you know kind of do my research and say, oh, well, this was clearly an error, and so uh, this set of minutes is meant to say this, not that. We now interrupt this podcast to share with you that as a professional organization, Governance Professionals of Canada puts governance professionals first with education, professional development, networking, critical resources, advocacy, and strategic partnerships tailored to your unique needs. It's never too late to enhance your skills and to find your tribe, so invest in your future by joining Governance Professionals of Canada today. For more information, visit gpcanada.org forward slash join. That's gpcanada.org forward slash join. And join us at GPC. And, and that's okay. That it's, it's okay to do something like that. that uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You're going to, you're going to say, you know, exactly what the facts were. Uh, and you're going to go through, I had a really weird issue that came up a little while ago um, uh, for a client that I was working with. And we had some documents that were circulating in DocuSign, which, okay, so this is a whole new world of getting electronic signatures, right? And right. we had these documents that were in DocuSign. And there was one person that was very slow in signing. And all of a sudden I go in to take a look at the documents that are, you know, we were sending them to like six or seven people at a time, right? And they mm -hmm. would go one right after the other. Well, right. everyone had signed except for the last person and DocuSign, unbeknownst to me at the time, has uh, an expiration policy on documents. And so yeah. at mm -hmm. a certain point in time, 
they just put a giant void stamp over the document. Wow. And that okay. doesn't mean that anybody that signed retracted their signature or didn't do it. So I ended up having to do that kind of a memo saying, you know what, DocuSign just automatically did this. We were unaware that that was going to happen. Nobody yeah. that signed it had retracted their signatures. They're all still valid, but the word void appears on the document. Right. Um, the pages, you know, that these people signed on. And I just put it in the minute book because it was, it was going to be, um, very difficult to go back and get everyone to re-sign it and it was going to look even worse because the data yeah. of it would be even further out so all kinds of weird things can happen and mm. and you know you just put a memo that says well this is what happened and this is how it got dealt with and it's just there and and the court can look at that and go oh okay well it's clear you know there's there's a clear explanation of why this you know markup is showing in the minutes or why this doesn't match the rest of um, the document or whatever the case may be and they're going to see oh okay well there's a clear explanation and so there. Okay. yeah okay all right all right that makes sense makes sense <laughs> um so you will be doing a, a, a professional development event with um, GPC, um, meetings, minutes, and more. And I believe that's taking place on April the 21st. Um, there's a lot of information that people, um, so people can check out um, that information on of our website. But what else have you been doing recently um, that, that has to do with minutes? Yeah, so I, I've been doing a, a couple of really interesting, first off, I love to teach. I, I do keep my hand in minutes and I do a little bit of minuting work for, for some of my clients from time to time, but really I, I, I like to teach other people to be able to do great minutes because that means they can do them and I don't need to. Right. <laughs> Um, I've been doing uh, some like private group trainings. Remember I mentioned earlier, sometimes there's organizations that might have three or four people taking minutes for, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's different, completely different bodies that are related. So maybe there's a crown corporation that has three or four different um, uh, facilities and they each have a board. And so they're all taking minutes. And so they've got four or five different people taking minutes. And it's really fun doing those kinds of sessions because we get to spend a lot of time that we don't necessarily get to in the, in the minutes, meetings, and more course, talking about how how they're going to do their minutes and how much detail they're going to do and how mm. they're going to resolve things about, you know, what name format we're going to do. And so we develop rules of thumb for the organization. And as part of that, I get to also do uh, a complete review of some of their sets of minutes. So I'll walk through the minutes with them and give them some ideas on, okay, there's way too much information here. This is how I might say all of that three paragraphs of information, I would probably say these three sentences. And so they start to get some really concrete, practical ideas of exactly right. how to do their minutes. So that's really helpful for those organizations where you just want everybody that's doing the minutes on the same page. page Most yeah. organizations only have one minute taker. So, you know, meaning 
minutes, meetings, and more is a great place for them to come. And I, I think myself and also the other presenters of that session are always happy to answer, oh, can you answer a question about our organization? We do this. Do you have a suggestion? Always right. happy to do that. But sometimes right. it's hard when there's a whole bunch of people from the same organization. You don't really get to go as in-depth as with the private sessions. So uh, th that's been really a lot of fun. Um, and another thing that I've been doing is I've been doing uh, some more publications. So okay. there's one that's up on my website right now, uh, which is called the 10 Secrets Directors Must Know About Minutes. Okay. Because not only do governance professionals not know the importance of minutes, a lot of times directors don't understand. Um, I like to refer to it in a director contents. It literally is their suit of armor. It's their first and best line of defense. Right. And so it's really important that directors understand that you know, minutes are written in a particular way for a reason in order to protect them. Um, you know, for example, some directors uh, go in feeling like they just want to get their name in the minutes because if they right. get their name in the minutes as having asked a question, that shows that they were being diligent. Yeah. Well, that's not really good because if yeah. not everyone asks a question, then a litigator is going to come and pick on the director who didn't ask any questions. Well, you didn't ask any questions. Why didn't you ask any questions? You weren't duly diligent. Mm -hmm. It's a team sport. You want to make sure the team makes a decision. So it doesn't matter who asked the question. It matters that there was a discussion about the topic, right? right so, right. Um, but that's something a lot of directors even don't know. So I have that 10 secrets directors must know. It's free on the website. People can share it with their directors, help to uh, engage them. And I'm going to have another one coming out really soon, uh, awesome. particularly uh, for, I think, really new people to the role. Uh, it's called the Quick and Dirty Guide to Minute Writing. <laughs> and it's I love the name, Quick and Dirty. It's a really great guide for, for people who are, are, are learning, maybe uh, a junior person in a role is coming in and it, it's a good kind of start for them and, and gives them some quick reminders of what okay. they can do. Um, that one will be coming out in a while. People who are signed up to my newsletter will uh, get some more that. information on that as well. Awesome. That's really good. Awesome. That's really good information, Sylvia. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to tell our listeners about meeting minutes and board meeting minutes? Yeah. Um, taking minutes is challenging. It's mm -hmm. hard. Um, we often are taking minutes about subjects that we really have no idea of what they are. So, mm -hmm. you know, our, our organization is in the business of, you know, mining uranium. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know anything about mining. I don't know anything about uranium, yeah. but I have to, you know, make some cohesive minutes. Take minutes. Yeah. So I, I would give people um, three pieces of advice on ways to set yourself up for success okay so hold on let everyone grab a piece of paper and let's <laughs> they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty easy they're pretty, the first one is getting some training so one of gpc's minutes courses is fabulous get some training uh on taking minutes 
uh, get a copy of the book. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've got to do a plug for the book. Get a right. copy of the book because if you're like a lot of uh, people, of a lot of my readers, uh, you're going to fold over the corners and you're going to put sticky tabs in it and you're going to take your highlighter and go wild and mark up the things that, yeah. that you know you're going to want to refer to again. Uh, and you're going to have that at hand when you're writing minutes and you're maybe stuck. Uh, and then the third thing is, you know, reach out to me, give me a call, drop me an email. If you have a specific question about minutes, uh, want to explore some training for your group or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, give me a call. I'm, I'm happy to answer the questions. I don't always have the answer, but I can usually give you some pretty reasonable advice, uh, you know, based on kind of the fundamentals of the three A's uh, right. and uh, help steer you in the right direction or uh, point you to some other resources if I just don't have the resources for you. So and can, can I add one more to that? Have yeah. a copy of that book beside you when you're doing those minutes, because yeah, as you said, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to make good use of it. I do. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. <laughs> have a copy of triple a plus minutes beside you when you're doing those minutes because it's very helpful very extremely helpful in in yeah. getting you through so that's that's awesome thank you thank you so much sylvia um it's been we've gotten a lot of information and i hope this information is helps um our listeners in 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 that regards to to it board meeting minutes it's it is as you said it's a, it's a challenging it's one of the challenging pieces of 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 what I've heard of doing the job. Um, so this was very beneficial. Thank you. So if anyone needs to connect with Sylvia um, or find her books um, and publications, the details uh, will be on uh, our podcast description. Um, as members of GPC, you can also access a discount code for the books on our GPC website. It's, it is a member benefit. So go check, to, check out our website and purchase one. Um, as I said, it's very, it's extremely, extremely useful. And you can also contact um, the GPC office if you want more information or contact Sylvia herself in that regards as well. Um, it was been a pleasure speaking with you today, Sylvia. Um, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to you for all your support. Don't forget to check out the show notes um, for, for more and post details. If anyone has enjoyed um, this information, please uh, like this episode and share it. Um, this is a lot of good information for um, governance professionals and, and directors in order to do their jobs better. Um, if you need to get more information about Sylvia, um, as I said, contact her. And Sylvia, what's your, what's your um, website address? So governancestudio.ca. That's perfect. Or you can reach out to governanceprofessionals.ca, which is, or you can contact GPC. Um, at www.gpcanada.org for more information in regards to um, this episode. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Thank you again to everyone listening, and we'll chat soon. <laughs> Thank you, Latricia. The audio in this podcast is brought to you by Impact AV Solutions, building valuable partnerships and customized event designs for each of their clients. They utilize their technical and creative expertise to deliver the flawless execution of each event, making each one an unforgettable experience. Impact AV Solutions is based out of the GTA and is able to service events across Canada. For more information on their services, please visit impactavsolutions.com.
This podcast was brought to you by Governance Professionals of Canada, or GPC, your voice for governance professionals nationwide. Our mission is to highlight all aspects of corporate governance for corporate secretaries, board members, committees, general counsel, risk, compliance, and more. For more information on GPC, please visit gpcanada.org. That's gpcanada.org. Tune in next time for our take on the latest in corporate governance.